Hello, this is Bernie Davis. Hi, Mark Davis. And welcome to our Interview Swansea and West Wales podcast. So we just want to welcome Amanda. And, you know, Amanda is an incredible uh, expert. She has interviewed many high-profile celebrities, including Richard Branson, Jay-Z, Matthew Perry, Cindy Crawford, Roberta Carlos, and Frank Bruno. Now I'm going to pass over to Mark, my wonderful husband, who has spent a lot of time speaking to Amanda recently and has so much that she, he has gleaned and, and is so happy to share with us today. So Mark, over yeah. to you. Well, welcome Amanda and thank you for sharing and sparing the time with us. I know how valuable your time is. We'd love to find out, obviously, a lot more about you. And so I'm just going to start it off by just asking us, asking you just a few simple things, really. Like, obviously, we know you're from Wales, so we'd like to know where you're actually from, you know, and how did you get started in media? Because that's where you, I believe, you first started. How did your career start in that way? And was it always your dream to do that? Well, good morning, everybody. First of all, I have been listening for the last hour and it's great to hear all this, your stories and how successful so many people in Wales and inventive they are as well. Um, and congratulations also to Bernie on her book launch and being a bestseller. Thank you. Wow, amazing, <laughs> fantastic. Um, I'm from Carmarthenshire originally. I'm a milkman's daughter, so uh, brought up working pretty hard uh, from a very young age. As soon as I could carry a milk bottle. I was out on the round every morning with mum and dad. And I think uh, I'm very grateful for my background because it instilled in me a, a really strong work ethic. And uh, I've carried that throughout my life. It's really um, been the backbone of my career, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, it's great to be here today. Right, so but what, how do you get started actually in the media then? In the media, um, I always thought that I'd be doing something on TV and seeing that I wasn't blessed with a wonderful Welsh singing voice, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I kind of looked for my options and uh, being a presenter was one of them. Um, I loved, you know, obviously sports, sport is my background. And it was kind of by mistake that I kind of got into the industry. A friend of mine, I used to, my first job out of college was running a, um, a health club, a private club. And I met somebody um, who is now a presenter. Um, he's now working in guitar for Qatar TV. He said to me, come to the studio. We're looking for a fitness and health uh, presenter. And I was working away then in Birmingham and I said, oh no, I don't know anything about TV. And he said, well, come down, I'll buy you lunch anyway, so just come. So I did go to the interview, um, not thinking much of it. Um, and miraculously, I got offered the job. So um, yeah, that's where it all started. So I started by doing a slot on a magazine program called Heno in Welsh. And um, from that, they offered me a full-time job. And yes, that's where it started. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that, obviously, you've got some amazing stories, which you know, I want to tap into and I want <laughs> you to sort of entertain people with. Now, I know you've got a brilliant Richard Branson story because you told me that, right? So I want you to tell, the, tell the, the, the people about that one. And also, 
touch on the things that what we spoke in the, earlier in the week about um, it's sort of almost your values really that is that stood out to me about your your the values that we, uh, and how you've sort of progressed you know with the values that you hold yeah. you know so you know elaborate on those a little bit you know tell me tell the people the stories that you that you told me the other day well, they're amazing um i just seem to have had lots of wonderful things happening to me from being kind and i think that's like the easiest thing and i mean to everybody and anyone that you meet they don't need to be important or high up or anything because that first job i got um on hen or doing the health and fitness slot um, there was there were loads of us interviewing for, for the same job and there was somebody sweeping the floor of the studio and um, later on when I got the you know got through the interview and they called me in and offered me the job it was the guy sweeping the studio that gave me the job so basically he said everybody thought I was a cleaner and you were the only person that spoke to me cool. and he said that made me stand out because you were taking the time up to go, oh, how's your day today? And it was the floor manager and the producer. So um, he just happened to be getting it ready for the show that day. So that was, that was one thing. And with the Richard, Richard Branson story, I was down in Bognor Regis. I was doing a, an extreme sports program called Adrenaline. And um, Richard Branson was going to do the, you know, they, they jump off the pier and they, you know, the man who can fly competition. So it's as far as they can jump off the pier and, and supposedly fly. Anyway, Richard Branson was taking part this particular time. And as always, Virgin put on the best hospitality for all the media, but it was packed out. So we got in there, got our seats, and you know, um, we're enjoying all the all the wonderful food and drink that you know Virgin always supply. Anyway, this guy came through the door, little old man, walking stick. And I, I've got I just love old people to be fair, and I always think we should look after them. So I'd kind of gone over and said, Oh, would you like my seats? Because there weren't any seats available. And he said uh, he was frightfully posh. Um, so he said, oh, yes, thank you, darling, and blah, blah, blah. So he came and all the crew were laughing, going, oh, God, she's found an old person to look after. Um, anyway, I said, don't move from there. Let me get your tea and coffee for you or you lose your seat. So I said, what would you like? And then I brought some pastries back and everything. And I said, look, I've got to go because I'm trying to get my place to get an interview with Richard Branson. And off I went. Anyway, later on, I came back and the crew said, oh, that little old man's been looking for you. Um, I said, oh, maybe he needs another cup of tea. So over I went. And I said, are you OK? Would you like me to get you some tea or some lunch now or something? And he said, um, my dear, um, have you managed to get your interview with Richard Branson yet? I said, no, there's a huge queue. I said, I'm pretty much at the back of it, uh, even though we've been there since crack of dawn. And he said, let me have a word with my son now. And it, it was Richard Branson's father. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> did I get my interview? Yes, I got straight to the front. The crew were like that, really? And, yeah, went straight to the front, got my interview. And um, yeah, it was, again, it, it was an act of kindness without expecting anything in return that gave me the success that day. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that's something that you know what you, when you were saying that 
it's uh, something that you sort of held close to you as, as you know your true values and that you know and you carry that on through your career you know explain a little bit about you know how you you know you, you, that, uh, what you were just saying earlier about the kindness and stuff that you that you share with people you know gives you pleasure yeah i think um you know i i prefer to give than receive most of the time and i think it, it's incredible the stuff i i've got such a, a buzz and such a, a great feeling from i used to do an awful lot of charity work for um for various charities and i never used to charge anybody if they paid some presenters i'd give the check back um because and they always used to say oh is there someone in your family with let's say kidney failure and i'd go no that's why i'm so blessed you know i i empathize but i don't have any experience of this um but for instance i was doing scario at the at the time and um I was in Manchester Airport, which I flew out of most of the time. And um, our, we'd lost our flight uh, cases and everything. We were all waiting around, people were getting frustrated. And this woman came up to me and she said, oh my God, she said, um, uh, you, and she said, you've made such a difference in our life. She said it was the most horrific storm and i remember driving to it it was a, a charity match in anglesey and i lived in cardiff and it was like the most horrendous storm you've ever seen in your life and um i drove up in the storm and still presented and 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 ref the game for them against all i mean we were all in kind of full waterproofs and everything during it but again, you know, we'd raised a lot of money that day. We'd had such a laugh. And it's just nice because I, I didn't do it for any response from this woman. She wasn't there because her son was very ill in a hospital. Um, so we'd never actually met. So we met in Manchester trying to retrieve our bags. But again, you know, it's just little seeds you sow. Sometimes you don't actually get the fruit from it for years to come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, if you had to sort of pick one thing, what would you say was your greatest achievement? Um, I think, looking back, um, I would say being the first female presenter in the UK, um, you know, anchor presenter in sport, has been my biggest achievement ever. I mean, I was against all odds. I remember um, I was... First of all, somebody told me, oh, you'd be brilliant at this and told me about score your job. And I have, I'm a qualified football coach. And um, I said, oh God, they never have a woman. Nobody's got a woman, you know, not even in Europe. And, and she said, when has things like that ever stopped you? So anyway, I rang up and they said, um, oh, sorry, but the closing date has been, it was last week. Uh, so everybody's been given two weeks to prepare and, and the screen test will be on this date. And I thought to myself, oh God, how do I turn this around? So I just said, oh God, I don't know who I feel most sorry for, for me, because I've missed out on the most amazing opportunity, or you, because you've never met me and you're missing out on the <laughs> And the guy just burst out laughing and he went, I can't believe how cheeky you are. And he said, but you're already a week behind. And I said, listen, I'm a woman. A woman can do a man's job in half the time. So a week is fine. And he just started laughing. So I was being quite cheeky. 
And um, he said, well, we've, we've got no women applying and um, we didn't even think about a woman. And I said, well, I'd love to give it a go. So up I went and all I can say is that I tried my best. And when I left, I thought to myself, do you know what? I know there aren't any women in this field and my expectation wasn't that I was going to get it, but I was damned if I wasn't going to try. Yeah. And um, yeah, a few days later, I get a call and everyone around me was saying, oh, you know, you're not going to get it because, you know, there aren't any females. And I was going, I know, but you know what? You're not going to get it if you don't try. Yeah. And a few days later, I got that call and I got the job. Wow, so, amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, just saying the things you just said then sounds like you've just been come from Bernie's school of mentoring, you know, because <laughs> that's exactly how she is, honestly, right? You know, <laughs> you can do this, right? You know, and that's it, right? Yeah. Amazing, that's fantastic. And so I guess, would you say that that's all, that was your greatest sort of challenge as well? Or have you got a, or would you say you have another thing which would be a challenge, like when you've climbed up sort of these mountains, all these extreme things that you've done? Yeah. I, I climbed Kilimanjaro, that was quite a challenge, but I think to add to that challenge, uh, I'd had a very bad car accident uh, two weeks or 10 days before. Um, funnily enough, it popped up on Facebook uh, yesterday, 10 years since I had that um, crash. And I was basically been working for Man United TV. I was driving back. Um, I had a, an MR2, which is so tiny. Um, I had to pull the roof down to put my suitcase in on the, you know, in the back of the car. And I remember saying to my mum, I don't feel safe in this car, mum. I'm going to sell it when I get back. Anyway, um, on that particular journey, um, I was on the M6 coming down south to Cardiff. And um, I got hit, clipped by a, a big Arctic lorry. And it was rush hour on the M6 and my little MR2 just spun around. Wow. Um, I then spun straight onto the front of the Arctic lorry. So it crushed half my car oh. and dragged me sideways for nearly 500 yards onto the hard shoulder. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it was incredible. Um, yeah, it's, it's just crazy that I'm still here. But I basically had damage to... Um, my spine and nerves at the base of my back and my neck. But I was raising money for Falindra and I'd raised um, £6,000. And again, the doctor said, we haven't got all your test results back yet. And I was going, no, no, I've said I'm doing Kilimanjaro. I'm going. But um, if you've ever done it, it's, you've got to carry 17 kg, all your stuff with you. Um, a lot of painkillers. Um, and we did it in the shortest amount of time possible. So you feel pretty sick the whole way. And I wasn't allowed any painkillers on the day of the ascent, so going up. Um, so even though I had tears running down my face doing it because I was in so much pain, I've got that thing in me that I haven't raised this money for no reason and I haven't come this far not to succeed. So, um, yeah, I got to the, got to the top. Oh, and, and ten thousand, and ten thousand. Uh, so ten years ago, six thousand pounds—a lot of money as well. Yeah, well, it's still a lot of money, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah but, it's, but I'm saying relatively, it's even more back then. Yeah, so it, it was just the principle, really, and I'd taken time out of my schedule to do it, and you know, I, 
it's it's hard i turned down a lot of jobs to be able to take that week off mm. um so i was thinking oh i've turned down these amazing jobs i have to get this kilimanjaro trip done rather than rescheduling again but you know it's, it's power of positive thinking and being determined in life isn't it yeah that's it i think summing up you know positive thinking and you know determination you know and and self-belief in yourself you know what you know what you can achieve mm. so where do you get your inspiration from and who sort of as in, inspires you, you know? Um, I guess it starts with my dad and um, how hard he's always worked and his ethic, um, not just his work ethic, but how wonderful he was to people in general, you know? Um, so I, he, he's kind of the essence of of everything I've done and achieved. And I, I love people like Richard Branson. So when I did meet him, it was, you know, like meeting someone I really respect um, because of all, you know, all the things, opportunity favors the bold. And if you get offered a, an amazing job and you don't know how to do it, take the job and learn how to do it. So all those kind of things I kind of live by, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, you've given us an insight into sort of the real, the real Amanda Provero Thomas, you know, <laughs> listening to you. You know, we see, obviously, the talent you have on the TV and things like that, but they'd never, but nobody really knows you as a person and you've become mm -hmm. sort of almost like a sort of just a character on TV. Whereas yeah. having the time, you know, spending with you now, listening to you talk and everything, you get to understand the person, yeah. you know, and realise what a caring person you are and you've got the determination and all the things as well that you need to have to, to be successful yeah. so it's sort of an inspiration to us here and people listening that you know some of the values that you have always carried you forward in your career and everything you know as well and i know that you've moved on obviously you've had a break from presenting and stuff as well and moved on to a global sort of events uh thing that you would that you've recently been doing as well so i don't know if you want to touch on that just to tell people just you know you're not all you're not just a tv presenter you know you there are other things that you, you you've managed to do in your in your in your career you know yeah i guess um, you know and with with presenting i i had lots of different um jobs which were fantastic so you have you it's surprising how you get new skills with different jobs that you have um but i've been working out in i've been living in cayman islands for a while and when I came back, I didn't, I was meant to be presenting the um, NBA on Channel 5. Um, I'd started working for them and then they'd offered me a contract. But Channel 5 went a bust mm. and they went into liquidation. So I lost my job as well. Um, so I kind of landed back with no no work at all and looked around there was nothing available and somebody contacted me on linkedin and said you know i think i think my boss needs you and i was like what um he said come in for a chat um so i was living in london then so i came in for a chat to meet sanjeev gupta the ceo and owner of gfg alliance now um, a man with, I'm amazed looking back, thinking, wow, because getting any time in Santi's diary um, is so difficult. So I didn't realize how honored I was then. Anyway, he wanted to speak to me. He was buying some um, steelworks and a power station in Newport. And he wanted someone Welsh to assist him. 
Um, and I've said, you know, I, I know nothing about office work or being a PA or an EA or anything. I said, but I'll help you because you're, you're providing jobs for my people. And I was thrilled that they were buying the, the power station and the steelworks. So I kind of said, I'll, I'll just do it as a favor. And um, so I went in and I saw Sanjeev a few times and gave him some pointers and got him some contacts and stuff. And then he offered me a job. He offered me a job three times, which I kept de declining because I was thinking, oh, my God, you know, I've, I've never worked in an office. I've never been a PA, let alone an executive assistant to someone like him. And um, I gave in in the end and I said, look, I'll do six months. I'll help you for six months to set up in Wales because they're, they're my people. So I felt quite strongly about it. And um, six years later, um, I've been with Sanjeev. I was his EA for two years uh, and that was challenging to say the least um, any entrepreneur but Sanjeev doesn't sleep um, you know he's always thinking um, and he's grown globally now you know we went from 200 staff to 20,000 in the last six years um, which is incredible um, but he moved to Australia in well four years ago and then I became um, head of global events then so just basically yeah, that's kind of one of the things I love doing is organising. Um, and we do things from conferences, inaugurations, awards ceremonies, big sporting events. So I was in my element doing that, you know. Fantastic. And the thing is, again, if I just go back to the same thing again. Your values and kindness of offering just to help somebody, right, has given you that opportunity. You know, three times you turned the job down, you know, because you just wanted to help, you know, and that's just like, just amazing that you, 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 you have that in you, you know, just, you just want to help people, you know, especially, okay, yes, you're Welsh and you want to help and he's doing something for Wales, but it's easy just to say what's in it for me, but that wasn't you, you know, you were just like so willing to give your time, you know, and share your contacts and stuff like that with somebody like that, you know, just, just to support you know your your country so, uh, fantastic of course you can well i think we i've come to the end of my questions i know there's people going to be asking i know you have that's why i ask and i ask first <laughs> yes you can and, and david's on now as well uh oh, the, the, steph's boss is david. on david right is on now <laughs> steph's, yes yes steph's boss and i know he wants to ask questions right oh. so, so good two. afternoon afternoon sorry i'm late bit manic this morning work hi Amanda, how are you Oh, no, hang on, do it. Bernie was asking first, okay? Now, wait your turn, young man, all right? We're fighting up, we're fighting up. Right, quickly then, quickly then. Amanda, if there is any one thing you'd like us to take away from having listened to you today, what is that one thing you'd like to leave with us? I just think... Believe in your dreams and don't let anyone stop you. Um, that's what I would say. And just be kind to everybody you meet along the way because you never know. <laughs> Not that you're kind to anyone for any reason, as I've, you know, you've just heard. But I just think, you know, let's all just make the place world a better place and just all help each other. And you know what? I've had people help me over the years and it's changed, changed my life, you know? So... Um, it's just important if you can help someone do it and you never know what the rewards yes. can be, you know? 
Yes, exactly. Yes, thank you for that. Thank you. Fantastic. David, David, your turn now. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> good, good, good. Hi, are you all? Manda, you okay? I'm very good. Thank you, David. How are you? Good. I'm very well. I'm very well. Thank you very much for you. Um, yeah, interesting. You've had a fantastic career over, over the years. And I think last six years with Sanjeev Gupta as well has been challenging and demanding for you, I would imagine. As you know, because I phoned, um, David had just done my uh, mortgage for me, just so you all have a bit of background here. And he was fantastic. Can I just tell you, he was amazing. And then all of a sudden I was asked to find a house doctor in Wales, not just a house, but an estate. And um, it was a 4 million or 4.5 million, I think, David. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who better? To, I said, well, it's not quite the same as my flat in London. It's the biggest place. Um, so David helped me. So David knows how, uh, how tricky it can be sometimes. Can be very tricky and very, very demanding dealing with Sanjeev. Very, very demanding, but um, but worthwhile it. Yeah, it's it's, it's an excellent one. Um, so being ahead of global events with Sanjeev, I imagine the role is very challenging, very demanding. Um, which has been the most challenging for you to um, one of these events or creating these events? Um, most have their challenges, and I'm sure I think they from wonky sheep will agree you know even the simplest can turn into um difficulties if you're not prepared um sanjeev is a very last minute kind of guy and um that's fair enough and you know we never know what his schedule is so quite often it would be we're launching wyland's bank um in you know six days time find a venue invite all the people, set up the catering, six days. I remember we hired Goldsmiths Hall um, in the city area of London and the guy was going, most people have three to six months to organize something like this. I, I was like, I've got six days, I've got to get this done. So the time element was always quite a challenge uh, with Sanjeev, but you kind of got used to it and it's his mm. prerogative. he owns the company, you do whatever he wants to do and, it, and it's great training but I think one of the we, last year we bought seven companies um, across Europe and he wanted the inaugurations done back to back and we're talking Macedonia, Czech Republic, Italy, you know Luxembourg all back to back and we're talking 600 people attending, big marquees, AV, everything. So that was very challenging to physically get from one country to another and set up for the next day um, was pretty tricky. But I think one of my most challenging was we were opening a place in Leamington Spa. And um, I always check the weather. I don't know whether it's a Welsh thing, but you check the weather when you're putting a marquee up. And um, on the Friday, I checked the weather and the event was happening the following Wednesday or Thursday and Storm Doris was coming to town and I was thinking oh god is she gonna hit the Midlands or not <clears throat> and because I, I obviously I'm, I'm, I deal with marquees and there's lots of health and safety I always used to have brand new ratchets you know I would never leave anything to chance because we'd have very high profile people attending these events and the media and you never want to have a bad situation happen anyway I I took the decision to add extra concrete 
um, which I had to order on the Friday. So it was a big risk, which cost me another £2,000 on the budget. So when we had a meeting, I had several people being very upset with spending this money. And I was saying, Storm Doris is happening basically within that time scale. If she hits the Midlands that day, we'll be in trouble. The, the, the marquee won't stay on the floor. Um, so they were like, oh, la, la, not happy. And um, I'd had to make an executive decision on my own. Anyway, the day came and basically I was up at five in the morning pulling down the, you know, the entrance bit with the top hat that could only take 50 miles an hour. And we were all ready that morning up to something like 45 miles an hour on our wind. I had to buy a wind machine um, to check the wind speeds. And they were expecting up to 67 miles per hour winds that day. We took that down at five in the morning, me and all, all the riggers, and the rest of the marquee could take up to 62 miles per hour. We got to 57 miles per hour that day and the, the whole thing was shaking. And I don't know how many people came back to me and said, well, time for getting the concrete because it, it, the marquee would never have been able to stay on the ground. But it was like being on a ship. It was shaking. And I was just calmly walking through like a, you know, like a swan. But underneath I was thinking, oh, my God, we've only got five miles per hour before we have to evacuate. So, um, yeah, it was quite a tricky day, but very rewarding, you know. Good. So uh, we move on. I, I think Kevin Kevin Iyer had a question. You've got a question, Kev? Yes. Hi, Amanda. Good morning. Uh, thank you for the laughter, which seems absolutely superb. There seems to be a theme going on here that nice people can be successful, which is great to see. My question is, is after everything you've achieved, what's your next opportunity or challenge? Good question, because... Due to COVID-19, unfortunately, um, my company decided they're not going to do any events until at least next summer. And as a result, I've become redundant. Um, I don't know what my next challenge is. I have been in this position before and it's amazing, you know, having this is now an opportunity to either reinvent myself or seize new opportunities in a, in a different field. Um, who knows it's kind of watch this space i've kind of thrown it out to the universe and see what else comes back really i have been offered a couple of jobs in the last couple of weeks but they as i said to to my mum and she was like oh god i said they didn't make my heart sing they didn't make me dance so i've turned them down and she was like oh but it's covid19 any job is a job but i just think this is my opportunity now because when I was working with Sanjeev um, at any one time I could be juggling 23 different events and if ever I did want to change career it would have been difficult doing the handovers and, and letting people down so even out of bad I think good things are going to happen now for me because I've got a new opportunity to, to have a new adventure really. That's great to hear, particularly the fact that, you know, when you get offered positions, it's got to be very, it's got to float your boat and it's got to make you feel enthusiastic and exciting about it. And, you know, it's fantastic to hear that. Good luck for the future. I'm sure we will carry on your success. 
thank you ever so much. Well, we've already grabbed, we've already grabbed Amanda for our, <laughs> our next one for next year. So we've already given her first job. Yeah, I'm booked. I'm booked next May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so she's already got one thing in her calendar, <laughs> and I'm sure it won't be long before someone snaps you up, Amanda. I know. Uh, and you have a pre, uh, you have a a pre arrangement for the 17th of May. <laughs> yeah. Got <laughs> <laughs> to book a day off. Yeah. Okay. So uh, next, we got Mike. Mike Armstrong's got a question. Hi, Amanda. How's it going? You okay? I'm good. How are you, Mike? Yeah, very well, very well, thank you. Uh, I think we're already connected on LinkedIn, but nice to meet you and, and, and listen to your great story. Ah, oh, thank you. Nice to meet you too. I love the flag in the background. Yeah, cheers, cheers. Um, yeah, so um, I'm recently, uh, I've recently started podcasting and, uh, and a YouTube channel, etc. And I'm quite interested in getting maybe onto radio or into TV or something like that because I'm awesome and why wouldn't I want more of me to go around? <laughs> Exactly, and that's that's the mindset you've got to have, I think. Yeah, definitely. So I was just going to ask you, I was going to pick your brains on three ways or three tips you could give me on how to sort of uh, do that, really. Well, one, you've already got it, and it's self-belief, you know? And I think if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in you. So that's number one. I think it's it's kind of knocking on doors and even if they don't open, you just keep knocking because they will open eventually, even if it's just to say, who are you? What do you, what do you want? But, and then that's your, you've got your foot in the door. But you know, it's, it's kind of getting in touch with, you know, when you watch a program for instance, or when you listen to the radio or you can Google things so easily these days, it's a case of getting to the person or several people in that industry for instance if you wanted to get in with radio wales don't just try one producer try several producers there you know and just hit them with different ideas and basically you know try and get a meeting just say i really want to come in and meet you because you know i think so much is gained from seeing people in real life rather than something um like a obviously a CV or podcast, you know, people get more of an essence of you um, and just, yeah, don't give up. And that's the, that's the important thing is just, if you don't, I've got this thing, I don't know if anybody knows about it, it's finding new cheese, you know, when there's like a story about these mice that um, have, have tapped into this pantry, there's a little hole and they can have all the cheese they want. But one day the cook sees the hole in the wall and puts, um, blocks it up with cement and they've got to go oh my god we've got to find new cheese and again it's getting out there and trying every door every room to get you know what you want really all right brilliant uh, thanks that's great advice and uh, i'll be hooking you up for, for some direction to some contacts you may have well you've got me on linkedin so that's great yeah. Awesome. And Mike is definitely the person who will badger and keep on and on and on. He is honestly, right? If there's anyone to do it, Mike can do it. Trust me. Ah, oh, good okay. point, Mike. Well, right, so we move on now. We have uh, Steph, Steph Jones from Red Dot. She's also got a question. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Steph, I'm great. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, you touched on mentioning your dad. So I actually remember your dad as a child, as John Clark. And he used to live around our village. And I can testament that he was a lovely guy. And your mum as well. So I haven't seen you for a number of years. And I was probably about this small back then. And I haven't grown much since. (laughs) 
Um, but my question is, is around, what advice would you give to the youth of today starting out, given your fantastic career and you've had so many wonderful opportunities? What sort of advice would you give to, to anyone that's sort of graduating or starting their, their career journey? I think, you know, education is really important. And if you're not doing something or if you can learn a new skill, then do it. For instance, I, I was in my first job when I did my football coaching. And um, low did I, you know, little did I know then that the fact I had my football coaching gave me my big break in TV by getting the job as anchor presenter on a European football programme. So again, sometimes you, you'll get a new skill and you think, oh, I don't know if I'll ever use that. But all of a sudden, you'd be surprised how you can apply it to something. So that is really important. Um, I think um, when you choose your career, you have to aim, you know, you shoot for the moon, as they say, because what you do every day is so important. It can give you contentment, fulfillment, happiness. If you don't like what you do for a living, um, it's not going to fill you with joy and it's going to ripple effect into your personal life. And you spend more hours working than you do doing anything else in your life. So you've got to make sure that you've chosen something that brings you know, that inner kind of happiness to you. Um, and even if it's something that's kind of really up there and you think, oh, am I ever going to get there? Just, if, you know, if you can dance among the stars, as they say, until you can get to the moon, then that's good as well. But and don't let anyone kind of sidetrack you at all, you know, like by telling you you're not going to get it. I've had that lot in, in my life. And I always kind of go, ah, oh, we'll see. You know, I've been more determined because of it, even doing my football coaching. Um, a few of the guys said, oh, some really good footballers don't get through their coaching certificate. And um, that just made me more determined to get it then, you know? Yeah. No, that's great. Thank you. And I think that's really good advice as well. And I think it resonates with all of us that, you know, when you set those goals, don't let anything stop you from getting there. Sort of, you know, break down those barriers and, you know, plan and, you know, make sure that you've got good people around you and, and supporting you to, to help with those dreams as well. There's always excuses for everything. I mean, you know, um, I've, I've kind of been very impulsive in my life and, and, you know, I've had a mortgage since I was 21. And I've, when people have gone, oh, I can't do that. I've got a mortgage and I've got this and I've got all these ties. And I think I, I woke up one night, I couldn't sleep, decided I was in the wrong country and, and got flight to Australia at four in the morning. By six in the morning, I was on the M4 meeting my parents to give them my dog. And I moved to Australia. And it's a case of, yeah, I had a mortgage. But I was thinking, I'll be fine. I'll get a job when I get there. I'll be all right. And it's just that kind of, don't make excuses for yourself that you can't do something because, you know, you've got a mortgage or, you know, or a dog or a boyfriend or whatever, or, or anything really. No, that's great. Thank you. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay, right. So um, next question is Gweno. I told you, Amanda, there'd be people asking you questions. Oh, Gweno, I did your makeup, you were saying, back in the day. <laughs> Where's she to? Have to unmute she's herself. Gone. No, she can't have gone. Where's she gone? No. Gweno, Gweno, Gweno. Oh. 
Where's she gone? Where's she gone? Oh no, she's up there. Unmute yourself, Gweno. Ah, oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, sorry about that. Yes, she did my makeup years ago when I was young and attractive. You probably need more of that concrete to fill in, in fill in all these bits here now. Uh, yeah, so um, television is very much an ageist uh, environment. Um, did you encounter any? And um, do you think that that might be something that might stop you if you decided to go back into television on a, a more full-time basis? To be fair, um, I don't think my age affected me when I was kind of in my heyday because, um, you know, I was still in my 30s then. Um, now I'm looking at my life again and thinking, well, maybe I, I'd like to get back into presenting again. Um, I think it will be a factor, but, you know, what I do have is a lifetime of experience which I can apply. And I think those are my, that's my strengths really. And, you know, it would be a very different world now. I mean, when I was presenting uh, and everything I did, you know, there was no, um, well, there was no kind of Google and, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all that. Um, back those days, to an extent, it was in its early days. Now it's kind of the main focus for everybody, isn't it? So it is a factor and lots of people have been telling me to get back into the industry and I'm going, yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm a lot older now, so I'm not going to get the gigs and you know, that I used to get maybe, but you know, I'm bringing something new to the table now. So it's, you know, I would be, you know, um, considered for different roles now, I would have thought. Yeah. Well, the thing is though, and I, I, and I'm not just saying it because you're sat here, I, I think also, if you uh, age well, then it's not a factor, and you've done that. <laughs> I think there's a lot more there, my dear. Yeah. So I don't. I wouldn't worry about that. You know that old yet? Yeah. Not yet. But, but I think it's an evolution as well, isn't it? You know, you, you, as you say, the roles may change into different things. You know, I mean, you look at some of the presenters that have been on our TV. They've started off as young people. And now they're sort of into their 70s, some of these people, and yet they're still as popular. Yeah. As, and they're even doing even greater things now yeah. because they've got that much experience and they're just, they're loved by the people, isn't they? And that's what um, carries you on, you know? And I, so I, so I, I say it's evolution in, in it if, if, you, if you go back into that sort of thing. But yeah. as I say, you're, you're in a crossroads where you're, you're looking at all the opportunities now, which is fantastic. Because you're a fantastic position. Listen, you know, yeah. and pick and choose what you particularly want to do and what excites you, you know, and, and you know, and, and where you go from here is, is, yeah. is a new journey. You know? Can't wait to see. Is there anybody else who'd like to ask a question? As does uh, Tony? Is Tony still here? Come back and sort out Welsh politics. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. Right, well, that's the job I don't want. Yeah. Uh, Tony, you want to you ask a question now? There we are. There's Tony. She's unmuted herself. Um, uh, Manjari, it's, a, it's absolutely awesome to have you with us today. I'm just blessed that, uh, you know, you've, uh, you've come on and, uh, you know, what you've talked about has really hit me because that's what I'm all about, you know, being... Um, you know, giving that care, giving that love, just going that extra mile for people. And have you come across times where, you know, it, it has been difficult for you based on all the things that have happened to you to keep that motivation? You know, how did you keep that motivation 
to to carry on when things got really difficult for you? I think um, my mum uh, gave me a great piece of advice one day because you you do get um, you get mean people in life, don't you? And, yeah. uh, and people that aren't particularly uh, kind to you. And I remember saying to her, you know, because I am very sensitive. I'm a real softy. So I'm not, you know, a, a lot of people are a lot tougher than me in the industry, to be fair. But I remember my mum saying to me one day, and I said, uh, oh, mum, you know, it's, you know, this has happened and la, la, la. And these people are just being mean for the sake of it. And she said, um, well, the thing is, she said, if you shine, people will want to dim your shine. It's, it's, it's a natural thing for people to want to do. And it's a minority. It's a very small minority. And she said, um, and she said well, if you're going to shine, she said, you know, you've got two choices. You either shine and take any, anything that that brings to you, any negativity that brings to you, or, you know, you, you take away your twinkle and then, and you're not you anymore. She said, the choice is yours. Uh, and, and I'll always remember that. She said, there's always a price to pay if you're going to be, you know, a sparkly person. And I think that's important. And I always used to think if somebody, you know, been a bit cutting or not nice to me or something, I'd always think, yeah, it's just, you know, the price you pay for being nice is, is that somebody might want to kind of dim that about you. So that's been important. And I think, you know, um, I've worked in a man's world majority of my life and I've had to work I would say twice as hard um, to gain respect uh, in that environment I worked for you know BBC Sport and you know the industry I've been in now which is steel aluminium power to all men and you know you do have to prove yourself and being blonde and blue-eyed doesn't always open doors for you sometimes people look at you and and generalize or guess who you are and what you're made of just yeah, by yeah. looking at you. And you think, oh, you know, you don't know how strong I am or what I can achieve and how hard I work. So people, you know, obviously can be quite superficial, but um, yeah, you've just got to prove yourself most of the time, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it is like you say, you know, having blonde hair and blue eyes sometimes doesn't open the doors. And being kind and courteous, you know, is, is super important for me. And looking after people and supporting them until they achieve their goals. And, uh, yeah, I do come across that. You know, people always seem to, you know, it is a minority, but you do get people that try and uh, take away their sparkle. So I really appreciate that advice. Thank you so much. Your mum's awesome. <laughs> yeah. oh, pleasure. I just say shine brighter, you know, just carry yeah. on, shine brighter. Yeah, really upset them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? Okay, so um, we're still going. Mark Sayers is next. He's got a question for you. So if you want to mute yourself, Mark. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we're okay, yeah. We can hear you, Mark. Good show. Hello, 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 Amanda. And uh, many, many thanks for uh, appearing on this uh, Zoom conference. Uh, it, it's it's a wonder our paths haven't crossed uh, in, in in the past. Coming from the our two backgrounds, you being involved uh, heavily in sport, 
same as uh, same as myself with my uh, rugby and and also in the uh, construction industry. First of all, I do have a confession to make, and I will choose my words uh, very carefully. I do, I do remember you from your uh, the early part of your uh, career on the uh, Hano magazine, and the confession I have to make is that I cannot speak or understand Welsh, but I used to look at the program uh, primarily because you were on it. <laughs> and I'm just for, uh, for the subtitles. So uh, say no more. My, my, my first question will be quite uh, an easy one, and I, I will follow up then with one on uh, construction. Coming from where you are in uh, Carmarthen, as, as I said, I'm from uh, Llanelli. Uh, probably the reason why, why your paths haven't crossed is wh why on earth did you choose the round ball and not the oval ball? I never chose either. I, I basically, I did my rugby coaching in Warmley, Sutton Cofield in um, Birmingham area. And um, the opportunity with football came first, really. I love my rugby. If, if anyone and everyone that knows me, um, it, it, it is my passion. It, it's in my blood. You know, we're Welsh, aren't we? So I, I love both games equally. But if I had to choose between a day out watching a live game between football and rugby, it would be rugby every time because it's just, yeah, it uh, it just ignites something in me. I, it's just the best time ever, isn't it? I think I, I, I think what you, what, you get, what you get in, uh, in, in, in rugby is the uh, camaraderie and oh. uh, you can go, you can, you can go to any, any ground, any place. As I said, my uh, history has been uh, with refereeing for 30 years and, I'm uh, now currently uh, treasurer of a uh, very successful uh, team, Ferrin uh, Ball, RFC, where obviously uh, oh, Phil Bennett is our uh, president. So uh, you know, the, 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 the rugby community is, uh, is so welcoming. One, one thing that comes uh, over with you, uh, Amanda, is your kindness and uh, humanity. And, you know, it speaks volumes of things you've been, uh, you've, you've been saying. Um, Going on, going on to my uh, next question, you do say in the uh, introduction that you uh, are into construction and, and especially uh, um, not uh, construction uh, de development or, or property development. I, I, I haven't come, I'm just che checking looking at my notes, I, I haven't actually seen the uh, property series uh, hot houses. But what, what I, 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 am, I am just diversifying now into property development myself after spending a long, long time in uh, civil engineering. Uh, what advice would you have for somebody just taking it up? I think um, property is one of the most exciting fields you can ever be in. I, it, it is a massive passion of mine. And when I got the hot houses job, I was against lots of people not you know um, even though it was based in Wales but all BBC presenters tried for the job um, so I was thrilled when I got it but I think I got that job because I'd renovated some houses myself I bought an old vicarage in Swansea that was falling down um, on in auction and I remember looking at the newspaper and it's again it's that believing thing the power of positive thinking I opened this magazine saw um, newspaper, Swansea, whatever it was, and saw this picture, and it was a really dark picture, and it had a turret and a weather vane, 
And I said, um, I said to whoever was there, I said, I'm going to live there. And they went, what? <laughs> I'm going to live there. I said, and I just decided I was going to win this auction, which luckily I did. I was down to my last penny. I can't even begin to tell you. I went to the absolute knife edge. I didn't have any money left over to renovate it, but I got there in the end. But I think, I think it's a great time to be honest with you because um, think about it. We've all been, because of COVID-19, we've all been stuck in our houses and it's my safe place. My, whenever I've bought anywhere, it's always been my, my safe place. It's very important to me. But I think other people's homes have now become really important to them because, because of COVID-19 and also because, um, you know, everybody's already been starting to do DIY and different things. And people are now in the future going to be working from home a lot more. So your environment is really, really important to you. And I think there's been, there was something in the newspaper or on um, uh, the news, you know, that there's been a big property boom now because all of a sudden, you know, maybe you need an extra room in a house because you're working from home. So, or you need to convert a garage into an office or something. I think the property world is evolving. And I think homes are more important to people than ever now. Yeah, I, I, so I, I totally agree with you, Amanda. I, I, there was an article in the uh, in, in the press. I think the uh, house sales in Wales are since since COVID are, are, are up uh, by four point six percent, whereas in the U in the UK in general about two point four percent. So there's obviously uh, an, an increase there. And as you say, with with people now uh, working from home, etc. Okay, I'm not too sure how long that is going to uh, go on for. But I think I think what you'll find is that people will not want to live so much in the, in the, in the other city. And I, and I, I like yourself, I've done a fair bit of work in London uh, and all, and it, 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 to be truthful, it, it is a little bit of a, a rat race. And you, 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 now, you now find that the people are actually uh, perhaps moving, moving, moving out of these uh, conditions and uh, in, in, into uh, suburbs. And I think the the, the, the chances for uh, development there are uh, are endless. The 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 other thing you've got to consider also is that perhaps then with people uh, working away from their offices, the the, the necessity for office space is going to uh, diminish. So so then the opportunity to to convert um, offices into um, multiple use. Yeah, I, it's, it's already happening in London because as you know what London is like, you know, I had a lovely, big, beautiful house in Cardiff when I lived there. And now I have, um, you know, it's, it's an adequate flat, let's call it. But my, my hallway was the size of my lounge, dining and living room back in the day in Cardiff because, you know, it's the difference what you can get in London. But Buying in London has been the most amazing uh, investment for me. I've always renovated all my houses and that's how I've made a profit and, and got up the ladder. Um, but all I've done here is decorate and it's gone up by a considerable amount in that time, even though Brexit has happened and obviously COVID-19. But, you know, um, I think a lot of people that may have rented in the past will now see the benefit of owning somewhere because you know, whatever their situation, 
they've still had to pay their rent, whereas the government were willing to give people with mortgages a mortgage break and all those kind of things, you know, and, and to secure your future, it's important to, to have houses and you've got all these wonderful schemes that are helping. Um, and you've got that scheme now, if it's your first um, house that you're buying, you've got up to 500,000 with no stamp duty to pay, which is, which is massive. I mean, you can't buy a lot in London for 500,000 anyway, but it's a big help, isn't it? To, especially to first time buyers. But with the, the moving out of London, so many people are moving out of London now because their offices have said they only have to commute in maybe one or two days a week, even going forward. Um, and even in the block, I live in a very small block um, in a lovely little village but even people there to change their lives, you know, maybe their partner lives somewhere else and they've decided to sell this boat hole because they've had to have a place in London and they're going to basically go and buy somewhere in the suburbs, you know, more space, um, a garden, all the things you dream of when you live in London, really. So I think for all the negative things COVID-19 has brought to us, there's a lot of positives and a lot of people have reassessed their lives and they're, living arrangements more than anything. Okay, th th thanks Amanda. Uh, thanks for, again, thanks for taking the, uh, the time and thanks for ans answering the, uh, the questions. Um, my use of this modern media is, 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 not, is not marvellous. I, I will try and link up with you on LinkedIn or, uh, or, or, or Facebook. You'll, see, you'll, uh, you'll, <laughs> you'll certainly recognise my uh, Facebook page. Or whatever, and just 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 to end, I, I heard somebody mention uh, something about uh, excuses. I heard somebody say the other the other day, your your excuse is just someone else's opportunity. So thanks, Amanda. That's great. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amanda. Uh, it's been an incredible afternoon. Thank you, guys. You've asked question upon question upon question, and that's what we wanted you to do. And Amanda, thank you. Is there, any, is there any last word you'd like to say before we um, end the recording, Amanda? I just want to say, you know, it's been wonderful meeting you all and I love the energy you all have and um, the enthusiasm. And I think, you know, we've all got a fantastic future ahead of us. You know, we've all got to evolve at the moment, maybe reinvent yourself, but if you want it, it's out there for you. This episode was brought to you by Intrabiz Swansea and West Wales. Further episodes are available on our website, which is www.intrabizwestwales.co.uk. Thank you for listening.